the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The Answer, and you're listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, the best of. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, folks, it's Friday afternoon, and let's make this a little productive Friday afternoon. We are going to roll the four interviews that we have done on the Arthur Idala Power Hour with the four Republican candidates who will be running in the primary. So if you want, take out a pad or a piece of paper and pen, and you'll get to listen to Wilson, Astorino, Giuliani, and, of course, Congressman Zeldin. And uh, you can decide for yourself who sounds the best, who draws you in the most, and maybe it'll help you decide who you'll vote for if you're a registered Republican in the Republican primary for governor. So sit back and start listening. Have a great weekend, everyone. And a man who deserves a lot of respect, a person who has served admirably in the military in several different ranks. Uh, is a State University of New York uh, alum and is was a state senator and is currently a congressman and I'm sure somewhat of an answer to his dreams. He is the current nominee, but uh, sponsored by, backed by the Republican Party for governor of the United States of New York. I'm in the United States of New York. The governor, see how well, Lee, you see how I think of him, uh, of New York? It's, it's bigger than New York. It's the whole United States. Congressman Lee Zeldin is the Republican nominee for governor here in New York State. Congressman, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be with you. Lee, I, I just want you to tell folks, I mean, you're a very regular guy. I've met you several times. You have no reason to remember me. I'm a very quiet, shy, docile type. Um, but, and modest, too. Uh, yes, very modest. Are you, um, do you pinch yourself? Like, you know, like, oh, my God. I, I mean, I'm running for governor of the state of New York. Uh, listen, we, we know what we're in for. Uh, we believe in the plan that we have. We understand and appreciate the stakes. We're ready for this. Uh, we the, the campaign has been geared up, really planning from Election Day backwards. Uh, we already have spent a lot of time thinking about what to do in 2023 to fix this state. And the great news is that it's actually not that hard to solve these issues that are in front of us. I mean, all of your listeners, if they were put in charge of Albany for about a minute, they would be smart enough to realize about you know, the changes you need to make with cashless bail or uh, going after district attorneys who refuse to enforce the law and back in the blue. Uh, they're 
it just common sense policies to protect freedom, to look out for our kids' education, to, to reverse the attacks on wallets and stop this population loss, uh, leading the entire country and people who are leaving this state and heading elsewhere. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, we know what we signed up for and we're ready. All right. So, Lee, I don't, I, with all due respect, Congressman, I, I, I hear about the we, but I want to talk about the I and the I being you. You know, you, you ran for office once and you lost and you've been in Albany. But let's face it. It is a tremendous honor to be selected by people the likes of John Katsimatidis and the chairman of the Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera. And, cause, and I mentioned Mr. Katsimatidis because one of the places I met you, I think, was at his birthday party. But, I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're like, wow, I'm running for the governor of the greatest state, in my opinion, in the world. You know, what does that feel like on a very personal basis? A lifelong New Yorker. And I've seen just my, many of my own family leave. And, and as I travel around the state, Every single day, I come across people who say, if you don't win, I'm leaving. And that's not a, a burden or responsibility that intimidates me or uh, you know, makes me uh, shy away from the responsibility. It motivates me. Like I, I know what needs to get done. I understand the importance of it. I, I have had these experiences across this state where, I, I'll give you one, a couple, two or three weeks ago, I'm in Nassau County and this guy stands up at an event and he's wearing this camel Flage hat. I don't know if he was a veteran or a law enforcement officer, big guy. And he said, this isn't just some regular campaign for governor. This is a rescue mission. And the way he was saying it wasn't like he was searching for some slogan. It was that he feels like this is a rescue mission to save our state. And all across the state, there's a certain energy, a certain passion to it. It is a certain emotion from the the people who are talking to me. I feed off that. That motivates me. I, I every so single George, day, I only become more and more motivated for this. So, George Congressman George Pataki was the last Republican to win statewide, correct? He was, yeah, 2002 uh, gubernatorial win. So, 20 years ago, and there was an Attorney General uh, Dennis Vacco who won, I be, believe, maybe four years before that. But you have to win, and you'll know this like the back of your hand, you have to win a section of New York City, correct? I mean, even if you ran the whole table in every county uh, besides the five boroughs here, don't you? isn't it necessary to win a piece of New York City? We need to win at least 29% of the vote in New York City. You run for mayor of New York City. You have to win New York City. You run statewide as a Republican. You need 29% of the vote inside of New York City. Now, that includes Staten Island, Brighton Beach, Bay Ridge, Middle Village. There's all the coalition building that we've been involved in. I've spent a ton of time inside of Flushing, Queens, and go uh, with the Asian American voters in, in Brooklyn and in Chinatown, and with the Black Pastors and their First Ladies in Sunnyside, with the Hispanic voters in the South Bronx. And what's we your message been, when, you, when you're with these people what you know what i tell you everyone's talking about the same thing it's about they, they talk about not feeling safe outside of their streets they want public safety to be strengthened they are all talking about the attacks on their kids education and I could be in the reddest, most Republican conservative county in this state, or I can be in the with the bluest group. I could be with Democrats who are loyal, liberal Democrats inside of the bluest county in the state, and everybody's talking about the same issue. They are all talking about their breaking point. They are all talking about how they feel like if they live somewhere else, they go to Florida or Texas or South Carolina, Tennessee, their money will go further, they'll feel safer, they'll live life freer. So they're saying, well, why don't I just go? No. 
federal congressman, listen, I hear the same thing. So you're not you're not telling me anything that, I, you know, I, I get it. I, I live in Bay Ridge, so I, I get it. But let me ask you this question. So let's just say, uh, God bless you, you're successful and you're the first Republican uh, a governor in 20 years and you get up to Albany. But you guys, overall, the Republicans are not successful in um, flipping the legislature. So now you want to address the bail situation. But as you know, the legislature has to present you with 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 laws that you have to sign legislation that you have to sign into law so you don't have them what is your strategy or, or what is your uh, yeah basically what is your strategy to f- make the fixes that you would need with uh, two chambers of your uh, of your congress so to speak your new york congress being in the democratic's hands you have to break the supermajority, which i believe is going to happen so that at least has to happen and i'm confident it will in order to earn a mandate we need to campaign on issues so in order to have a mandate to make a change to New York State's cashless bail law, we need to campaign on our desire to make a change to New York State's cashless bail law. There are people who get elected to office and they're like, I just earned a mandate to do whatever I want with regards to any issue. No, actually you didn't. But I would argue that if you were out there actively campaigning on a particular position issue and you won the race arguably on that issue or a few issues, you now earn a mandate on it. So we need to campaign on the need to repeal cashless bail. But you also put together allies. The mayor of New York City he believes that judges should have the discretion to weigh dangerousness. I agree with him. So you can you build partnerships with people who aren't on, you know, they don't have to be Republicans in order to work together. Then on top of that, you have leverage points. The New York State budget, the governor has uh, outsized power there. You have it when people come to Albany and they're looking for home rule messages, which means that uh, Albany needs to give New York City permission in order to be able to do a particular thing that's really important for that state senator or state assemblyman. You can also use your position by showing up inside of that state senate, that state assembly person's district, hold a press conference, and let their voters, their constituents know that Senator so-and-so, Assemblyman so-and-so, is standing in the way of a repeal of cashless bail. They might be telling you one thing here at home, but they're not doing the right thing up in Albany. Do you think you'd be able to lure uh, some of the more uh, right-leaning Democrats into your uh, into your way of thinking and help you pass some of these bills, some of these laws? Not many left, but absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> believe me, that's you know, I'm a Marty Golden uh, district kind of guy, and I, I, I watched as the legislature changed hands. I just want to ask you about Congress a little bit. So many congression uh, Congress people are resigning, and so many of them, including one who isn't, which is I'm sure you're very close to her, a woman whose initials are AOC call Congress a SHIT show, um, that it's just totally dysfunctional. Just, you know, we only have two minutes left. I know you have to go, and I appreciate so much, Congressman, you finding time to spend with us on the only local uh, show here in, in New York City at 6 o'clock. But real quick, is there any way to fix Congress, or is that just forever broken? Yeah, November 8th, we need to flip the House. We need to flip Senate. We need to balance the power in Washington. We're going to be able to do that battlegrounds in places like New York, but all across this country, we all in this battle for the heart and soul of our country need to take control of our destiny. It's going to be at the ballot box. If you want to fix what's going on there, you have to participate. So, Congressman, the reason why you and I specifically are in lockstep about fixing the future, we have one person specifically in our lives that we both have to work on. My wife gave birth three and a half months ago to a girl, and her name is Ariana. Does that sound familiar to you, Congressman? Uh, You have Michaela Michaela and Ariana, right? Uh, that that's absolutely right. I'm uh, I'm the fourth ranking person in my own house. <laughs> well, 
Thank you so much, Lee. I really, really appreciate you finding the time. I'll see you out in Long Island. Best of luck. You got it. Take care. Thank you. Arthur Idala here, attorney at law, and I can tell you that planning for the future is important. Protecting you and your family is essential. If you're not around to make decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. A will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will, your overall estate plan. Attend a Connors & Sullivan free seminar, and you will have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. Monday, June 27th at Buckley's in Marine Park at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Tuesday, June 28th at Conley's Corner in Maspeth at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Wednesday, June 29th at the Greenhouse Cafe in Bay Ridge at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And Thursday, June 30th at the Adria Hotel in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. If you can't make any of these free seminars, call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. And remember, folks, as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Citadel Enterprise America's Services LLC has openings for the position of Business Intelligence Analyst in New York, New York. Job duties for the position include conducting advanced data analytics in order to drive and inform business critical decisions. Full-time position. To apply, send resumes to Citadel Recruitment at Citadel.com. Reference job code 6233553. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hey, it's Arthur Idala, and you are listening to the best of the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. Well, in New York City... Those of us who are old enough to remember the late 80s and very early 90s know that the person who came riding in on a white horse almost literally and changed that and cleaned this city up was the Honorable Rudolph Giuliani. And now all of these years later, uh, not not like Groundhog Day, much better than that, uh, we have his son, Andrew Giuliani, trying to jump on his white horse and, you know, I understand wanting to outdo your dad, but, you know, this is taking things to another level. You know, his father was only the mayor, and now Andrew wants to be the governor. And just to make things crystal clear, uh, not only is Rudy Giuliani a friend of my dad's and the friend of my family, my law firm actually represents him in a couple of legal issues. But with that being said, that doesn't mean I'm not going to break uh, Andrew's chops a little bit here. Uh, welcome to the show, um, future Governor Andrew Giuliani. 
Arthur, always great to be with you. You know, I've said that I really think my father is helping me so much in this gubernatorial run because he wants to ruin my inauguration the way I well, really you know, think, it's, you know, it's that Italian, you know, vendetta he's got right there. So it's it's, it's so funny though. I I actually wanted to talk to you about that because you may be the youngest person who's ever been lampooned on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> right? I mean, for people who don't remember, I mean, I had just, I, I had just started in the Brooklyn DA's office, um, and, you know, and you, you, know, you, you were at your dad swearing in, and uh, Saturday Night Live, I think it was Chris Farley, right? He pretended he was you, and yeah. you were all fidgety up there, and he was making the speech. That's exactly right, and I got to tell you, the first week I'm working in the White House, Melissa McCarthy makes fun of Ch- Sean Spicer, and I went in the next day and I said, hey, Sean, you know, that wasn't bad, but it's not going to be Chris Farley. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> there you, know, you I've, go. I got the best one. Andrew, I want to look, everybody knows because you've been omnipresent. I know you've been to every county in the state. People know about about your your political views and we'll touch upon them. But what I'm a little curious about is what was it like as a child? Because you were a child growing up in Great Gracie Mansion and City Hall and the Yankee games and the ticket tape parades and the Giants winning the, the Super Bowl. You know, it was it was such a blessing, Arthur. I mean, to be able to see and, and be exposed to, uh, you know, everything that I was. And to see what you said before, really New York City turn from the rotting apple that we all knew it to be in the early 90s and change into the safest city in the world in, in four or five short years. Um, you know, it's one of the things that's inspired me to run right now. But obviously, the experiences, you know, were, were incredible and, and, you know, unique challenges. But I always would say this. You know, for every unique challenge that we had, there were five incredible opportunities that I was very, very blessed. So, uh, you know, I've I've been inspired by much of what I saw growing up. And and it's the same belief that I have in New York State that my father had in New York City in the 90s when when they thought that it was not possible to govern New York City. As we're seeing New York State leave the country in out-migration, I know that we can be the Empire State again and be the passion for the world. So now you go. You went. You went on to Duke University, and I, I don't think it was a big secret. There was a time in your life, and correct me if I'm wrong, where you were seriously trying to become a professional golfer. Is that accurate? Yeah, and and what happened? But yeah, you know, I did. I actually professional. Oh, no. well. Andrew, are you on the train coming back from coming back from upstate or something like that? I am on the. I'm going out to Long Island, as a matter of fact, you know, as. Oh, no. Andrew, you're cutting in and out on me, brother. Oh, and he's gone just like that. Well, what I was what I was going to talk to Andrew about regarding his golf experiences, he tried to really become a professional golfer. And I know a lot of people who golf with him, including my friend Lawrence Taylor. Uh, I think he's golfed with every president of the United States. Seriously, maybe not Obama, but I'm, I'm almost certain he golfed with Clinton. Um, I know he's golfed definitely with President Trump. Um you know, to tr- to put your heart and soul into something the way he did and then not achieve the goal, I'm curious to ask Andrew what his – Andrew, you with me? I'm with you, Arthur. So, so, what, so what would you say the life – was? That, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's that's the, the world we live in. What would you say the life lesson that you took away from trying so hard to be a professional golfer mm-hmm. and not achieving that goal? Yeah. Well, look, I think for me it was, you know, to, to first off have the success in the minor leagues that I was able to, to win eight times 
was a blessing. Obviously, I never made the PGA Tour, missed by two shots one year, came close on the European Tour another year. Um, but, but really well in his resilience, right? And I think to me, I look at it this way, right? Uh, you know, I stopped playing golf in, in the early 2010s, and then five, six short years later, I had the opportunity to work with my friend in the White House with President Trump. Uh, I would not have had that opportunity had this other goal of mine actually been achieved. And, and I made so many friends, and, and uh, my, my, my daughter's godfather I, I met along the way. So, you know, many good experiences that I think have led me to this point in my life. So, Andrew, how, how I know your dad was annoyed by what happened at the Republican convention um, and how, you know, and look, I look, first of all, let's be let's be honest, Andrew, your dad's never going to be objective. Right. My parents will never be objective. I can you know, I can mess up so bad. It's what's called unconditional love. And I would yeah. like to think that exists in every household, but I know it exists in yours and in mine. So I obviously was very upset that they didn't, they could have cut some sort of deal where Zeldin got the nomination, but you got enough of a percentage of the vote so you didn't have to go out and uh, do the petitioning route. So now that you got to do the petitioning route, tell us what your game plan is. Well, I'll tell you what, we have eight different teams all across the state. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm going out to Long Island tonight. As a matter of fact, we'll be a Elport Country Club uh, in, a, in a few in an hour or so. So we're looking forward to making sure that we are hitting all around the state. We're on a very good pace right now through three days of the petition process uh, to, to make sure we double the required number that we need. So I think we're going to be on the ballot, uh, Arthur. And I think not only that, it's important to make sure that it's not just a few party bosses that get a say over who the nominee is, but it really is the 2.9 million registered Republicans. Well, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And look, if you look at every statewide poll so far, everyone has had us winning by double digits uh, to discount what the people are thinking and not even want to give them a chance on the ballot. Uh, I think it tells you a little something about our party bosses. These How days. many signatures do you need, Andrew? How many signatures? 15,000. 15,000. And we're on pace for 30,000 for three days. So we are and looking forward to doubling that number. Do they have to be in different counties? Yes, you need to make sure that you have at least half of the congressional districts having 100 signatures. So that's not a high requirement, but something we need to pay attention to. Okay, so now Andrew Andrew Giuliani gets sworn in as the governor. He beats Kathy Hochul. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of you know he. Let's just say that that she wins, right? Because you got Tom Swazi is trying. He's surging here a little bit. He had a huge event yesterday, or the day before. He has he had a thousand people at the Sheridan Hotel. But let's just say it's the first female governor. You now defeat her. You get sworn in. You're in the, the you're in the governor's mansion. You're in Albany. What's the first thing you do on the first day? First thing, we work to repeal bail reform. We have to. It's the number one issue that we're dealing with all across the state. This is not just a New York City problem. Look at Rochester. Last year, you had the most murders ever in recorded history in Rochester by, by October. Um, so to me, this is something we're dealing with all across the state. Uh, and we need to make sure every single day as governor, I need to get up, ask myself, and ask my staff, what are we doing to make New York State the safest state? So what's no, what's number two? Like everyone, everyone is on that. It's, it's easy. The crime bandwagon. Yeah. So what's number two? Let's say by the time you get yeah. sworn in, God willing, here in the city, mm-hmm. Eric Adams and the new police commission, they have everything under control. Climb is plummeting. Okay. Now you come in and now now what's your priority? Well, crime is definitely number one, and that's why I'm calling her, calling her crime wave Kathy Hochul until she repeals bail reform. But I'd say 2A, 2B, and 2C, because they really are, you know. Go ahead, lay them out for me. It's their second issue, right? First off, 
education. We need to make sure we bring more charter schools to New York. we got to double the 450 charter school cap by the end of my first term and make sure that we have a tax voucher program. 2B, we need to end whatever mandates are still here regarding the vaccine and the mask. If that still got, if, if that still actually is something that we're dealing with in 10 months, on day one, I will end those mandates and give everybody their job back who lost it with back pay because of it. And I would also say, of course, we cannot compete with California to be the highest tax state in the country, and we have to reduce regulation. We need New York to be the economic center of the world again, not the sunshine state. So when you are now going to be up and debating Lee Zeldin and Rob Astorino at the very least, what's going to make uh, Andrew Giuliani? I mean, more or less, the three of you more or less are uh, saying the same thing. So there's not really drastic differences between you and and no one would expect there to be my my guess, uh, as they did, I guess, with Dan Quayle, is they may attack you on your age, Andrew, because you are by Mm -hmm. far the youngest person in the race. I think uh, you're almost 20 years younger than Rob Astorino, who's run statewide before. So how are you going to handle it? I mean, you know, uh, uh, Lloyd Benson said, I knew Jay, I knew Jack Kennedy and you're no Jack Kennedy to uh, to Dan Quayle. But so how are you going to handle the youth issue? Well, what I would say is this, right? I would actually, you're like you said, Arthur, become the youngest governor in the history of our great state. I'd be surpassing by a couple months a guy by the name of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. You might have heard of him before. Look, if age was the number one factor. If age was the number one factor, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence in 27. Hamilton was Washington's aide de camp during the Revolutionary of 23. Some of our greatest Americans would not have served in the capacity they are. But I think the big difference that you're going to see between me and my Republican competitors and friends, you're going to see in a Governor Giuliani, somebody that's going to come and take a wrecking ball to Albany. Not somebody that's going to tweak a couple of things from the inside and conform. You're going to get somebody like a Rudy Giuliani in New York in the 90s, like a Donald J. Trump. in. No, I'm going, listen, Andrew, Andrew wrecking ball, Andrew wrecking ball Giuliani, five <laughs> seconds. Tell us your website. Tell us how to find you. Go. NYforGiuliani.com, NYforGiuliani.com. Thank you, Arthur, as always. Great to be on with you. Wrecking Ball Giuliani. See you soon, Andrew. Seven o'clock tonight. That's where you'll find Christine Nicholas and Kevin McCullough with your official pre-Tony broadcast. Frank Delala of uh, New York One is going to join us, and uh, we'll we'll look at the the biggest uh, contests for the shows. And I'm personally pulling for Paradise Square. I hope they do well. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Attention homeowners. If you have a mortgage with Bank of America, Chase, Citibank, or any other major servicer, then you must pay attention. Regulators have reached a multi-million dollar settlement over foreclosure abuse claims. Your mortgage may be satisfied already. If not, you may be eligible for a principal reduction or a rate reduction as low as 2%. Call 1-800-731-6469. If you've been denied for a loan modification, harassed by your bank, stuck in document and voicemail hell, stop the madness and stay in your home. Barney Janoni. Attorney at Law can help. Call 1-800-731-6469. Are you facing foreclosure? Received a summons or complaint behind on your mortgage? Call Barney Janoni. Foreclosure defense, mortgage modifications, and we will appear in court to defend your rights. Get help now and get protected. Do one thing this year that changes you forever. Something extraordinary. 
a bucket list experience with years of memories packed into 10 invigorating days. Join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza in Israel this November. We'll visit over 40 iconic places right from scripture and history. Reserve your spot today when you visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. AM 970, The Answer, doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app, just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Hi, it's Arthur Idala on AM 970 The Answer, and you're listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, the best of. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Robert Patrick Astorino. See, you get it all here on the Idala Power Hour. You don't just get one. Uh, candidate for governor on the Republican primary. You get two all in the same day. Might as well just front load the whole show. So, Mr. Astorino, this is Arthur Idala. How are you, sir? Arthur, so you just played Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, and I took the stage the other day to I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. <laughs> oh, and I, you know, after probably the Rolling Stones and Springsteen, uh, Petty is the one I saw most in concert. And my son, Luca, who's 15, and I, who are very close, and we do all the, the shows together, I was so bummed out when Petty died that, uh, you know, he did not get an opportunity to see him because he has seen Bruce, he has seen the Stones, he has seen you too. I said, I wish you could see the two I regret, because I know you're a radio guy, <laughs> Rob. The two I regret or, because they passed away is Petty and Bowie. Those were, yeah. those were two big ones. And I was, Before, my wife and I were able to see Tom Petty uh, in, at Hunter Mountain, part of Mountain, Mountain Fest, Mountain Jam. A few. It was about a month before he died. I think it was. Wow. I think it might have been his last last concert or second to last. Right before he died, we saw him. Well, Rob, I know. Look, I know what an accomplished politician you are, and 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 how well you know how to be a a, a leader of this state. However, just to humor me or encourage me a little bit, I'm pretty new to this whole radio gig. And I'm not sure how many people know about your background in radio and communication, which is such a huge part of being a governor. I mean, let's face it, no matter how you felt about Andrew Cuomo, those initial days of the pandemic when we were all afraid and we didn't know what was going on, his communication skills for many people kind of you know, was a soothing uh was a soothing part of those that 11 o'clock press conference. Tell us a little bit about your life in the media. Yeah, I my whole life has been radio and TV, both on the air and in management. And I was I started off in local radio. Actually, my first job, Arthur, was in a helicopter and plane doing traffic reports for New York City radio stations. (laughs) 
uh, at like 1,500 feet above, you know, the Gowanus or the New Jersey Turnpike or wherever. And it was great. And at, in 2001, I was hired by Disney to launch ESPN Radio in New York and had a great time doing that. And then I went to Sirius XM Satellite Radio. You mentioned my Catholic ties. And, you know, we um, we were talking off the air about the Catholicism and stuff. And that's where I was. I launched the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM Satellite Radio and had a, had a great time. I was also on CNN as one of their very few, very, very few Republicans on the air. So it, that's that's my career. I've had no, a, I know, a you know, I know ESPN's kind of uh, the ESPN's anchor uh, tenant, so to speak, is Michael Kay. So am I putting you yeah. out there as a New York Yankees fan or how's that working out? I definitely have been a New York Yankees fan my whole life. And Michael Kay and I are friends uh, since we worked together back 20 years ago. And. We stay in touch all the time. Plus, he and I went to Fordham, t- not together. We were on campus at the same time, but we were both at Fordham. Oh, and he's a he's a very f- proud Fordham person, and I am yeah. a very proud Fordham person. I'm the only one in my family who didn't go to Fordham. Everyone wow. in my family went to Fordham. Yeah, I'm not smart like everybody else in my family <laughs> is. But, Rob, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, you and I sat literally shoulder to shoulder in, in the third row of St. Patrick's Cathedral for the funeral of Detective Mora. And yeah. as a, you know, as a New Yorker who now wants to lead the entire state, you know, I ran, I helped run Joe Hines' campaign for attorney general in 1994. When, remember wow. what crime was like back then? This was yeah. before, you know, Giuliani yeah. had just, just come in and his logo was his, uh, his motto was whatever it was for his campaign ad was, if we don't fight crime, the other fights don't matter. And that kind of okay. makes sense, right? Yeah, okay, great. The streets are clean and our kids are getting educated, but we've got 3,000 murders in the city in a year. So what is what is Governor Astorino, who, you know, you're not the mayor, you're not in charge of the police commissioner, but what does Governor Astorino do to address crime? If you remember when you were running in, <clears throat> running Hines' campaign and worked with him in 94, George Pataki got elected, and one of his biggest issues was the death penalty because – Crime was so out of control and cops were being killed and you had soft on crime prosecutors and things like that. You know, flash forward and we're dealing with similar circumstances. And you're right that the governor doesn't control the New York Police Department, but the governor has a lot of say at what happens in in the state, including in New York City. And one of the biggest reasons why crime is spiking so high is because you have a district attorney like Alvin Bragg, who got elected uh, and took office in January, who said, I'm not going to prosecute crimes. I don't like them. I, I don't believe in it, blah, blah, blah. Well, the governor has the authority to remove Alvin Bragg or any district attorney who doesn't faithfully execute the laws and do his job. And that's Article 13, Section 13 of the Constitution, and I would do that. This no-cash bail has been not only dangerous, it has been deadly, and that needs to be repealed, and I will do that. And the governor has an enormous amount of influence. Okay, but Rob, hold on. Just like, let me just ask you one question. So now let's just play mm-hmm. this out, like like a best case slash worst case. So best case is you're the governor. The worst case for you is you have a democratically controlled Senate and Assembly. Yep. How do you how do you tackle those bail laws? You know, I had the same circumstances in Westchester where I had a Democratic county board the entire eight years, and we got everything done uh, that I wanted for the most part. You know, we cut taxes and held spending and all these other initiatives. You do it through leverage, the power of the of the executive, the agencies you control, the things that they want and need as well that you control. 
But also, if it doesn't happen through standalone legislation, you can do it through the budget process where the governor has the peak of his authority or her authority. And, and I would use that. And the, and the legislature would have to swallow it whole or shut down and not vote for a budget and shut everything down, which they will not do. So, so just, just a lot walk can me, get done. So just walk me through that only because, Rob, this is such a hot button issue. Even though I have mm-hmm. a law firm here in New York City of 20 lawyers who do a lot of other things besides criminal law, I primarily do criminal law. And um, yeah, this is just the, the world that I live in. So obviously it intrigues me. And I, I know it intrigues uh, the listeners. You know, the, the mayor of the city of New York went up to Albany, whatever, weeks after he was elected. He had his swagger. He had his mandate yeah. from the people. And he came home empty handed. So now I understand he doesn't have the power of the budget the way a governor right. does. But, you know, the, they basically slammed the door in his face. And these are kind of his quote-unquote friends, right? He was a senator. He was up there. These are his people, and he couldn't get it done. Why is Governor Rob Astorino going to be able to get it done? Are you just saying you're going to hold the financial hammer over their heads, and if they don't do it, they're going to lose a whole bunch of funding for their own uh, constituencies? among many other things. And the, the, the mayor didn't have the keys. The governor has the keys. So the governor can control that process. Uh, and has even a bigger bully pulpit. So, yeah, it can be done. But there's other things, like the governor, Governor Hochul's less is more, where she's emptying our prisons. Uh, the parole board, which has released almost two dozen cop killers in the last two years. All of these things need to be completely revamped, and, and that's what we will do. Crime is, you know, you cannot have a functioning society. You can't have a prospering city and... If you have people who don't feel safe, who don't want to come into the city and enjoy it, don't want to spend their dollars there, or people don't want to work there, or don't want to take the subway because they're afraid of getting hit with a bag of poop, or or getting hit over the head so, with a, a hammer or thrown on the track. I got you. And I only have a limited amount of time, Rob. I don't mean to cut you off because you you clearly have made your point, and I got it, and it's it's a, a point well made. Here's let's let's talk about now reality a little bit. You, um, even though you've run statewide before, uh, the latest polls show that Andrew Giuliani has the the higher name recognition, not because of the Andrew part, but because of the Giuliani part. (laughs) So you're kind of at like a little bit of a deficit there. Now, Zeldin has got 85% of the vote at the convention. So you're at a little bit of a deficit there. So even though you're the only one of the three who's run statewide, it seems like, you know, you're in a little bit of a corner with both of those uh, both of those gentlemen. So tell us why Rob Astorino in June is going to be the Republican nominee. Well, I love Andrew, and we talk a lot. And he has also, on the other side of that, a 50% unfavorable because of his last name. So he, in many ways, it's, it's he's unelectable in November. Lee Zeldin had his time in Albany. He was with Cuomo in the Senate majority. And voted for all the Cuomo budgets and the Cuomo initiatives and said Cuomo should be president. I don't think that's the kind of person we need who already had his chance in Albany and blew it while I was calling Cuomo corrupt at that time, and rightfully so. Westchester is a critical, and the Hudson Valley, critical to a Republican winning statewide. We're all going to win Long Island. We're all going to win upstate, meaning any Republican. And we've got to get to about 30 percent. I speak Spanish. We've always done very well with minorities. And in Westchester, where Trump lost by 37 points, I'm the only one that can win Westchester or be competitive. 
I can win Rockland, which is two to one Democrat. Rob, we got 20 seconds. I want you to do a quick commercial. Tell us, tell people where they can find you and look you up and check you out. RobAsterino.com. Please hit the volunteer button. Help us or donate and follow me on social media at Rob Astorino. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on, buddy. God bless you. Best of luck and go out there and do the best you can for New York. I will. And we will win. Thank you, Arthur. Thanks, buddy. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2700. Citadel America's Services LLC has openings for the position of associate located in New York, New York. Job duties for the position include conducting differentiated, bottom-up fundamental financial research and analysis of companies, business models, and industries. This is a full-time position. Multiple positions available. To apply, send resumes to Citadel Recruitment at Citadel.com. Reference job code 6109217. Again, to apply, send resumes to Citadel Recruitment at Citadel.com. Reference job code 6109217. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is 100% drug-free and liberating tens of thousands of Americans from their daily pain, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Reggie from Florida. And this is Reggie's story. I have a lot of pain from aging, and after only four days of using Relief Factor, I'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness. Can't wait to see how I feel in a couple more weeks. Relief Factor is a blessing sent by God. Incredible words. Find out for yourself. You should be the next success story. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Reggie, and thousands of your fellow Americans. What have you got to lose except the pain you deserve to know? Don't wait any longer. You should be the next success story. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. Are you over 65 or turning 65? Whether you're new to Medicare or already have a plan, important changes in Medicare take place every year that most Americans miss. Get your Medicare maximized with Chapter, a free service that makes sure you have the right plan now and continued concierge service whenever you need a change. At Chapter, we instantly compare thousands of plans from the most trusted insurers to find our members the best and most affordable plans for them. The right Medicare coverage for you including plans to cover gaps in Medicare Part A and Part B, important benefits like vision, dental, and prescription coverage that could save you thousands of dollars each year. Maximize your Medicare with Chapter, rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. The service is free, so call and speak with an advisor. Let us help your next chapter be the best one yet. Call 800-586-9222. 800-586-9222. 800-586-9222. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, it's Arthur Idala, and you are listening to the best of the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. So cold, 
New York City maybe could use an angel. Uh, we could all use an angel, but New York State could definitely use an angel. Uh, and Harry Wilson is one of the candidates for governor in the Republican primary, and he wants to be the angel to take care of the citizens of the state of New York. And he's here on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour to tell us why he would be the best governor for the state of New York uh, in 2023, January 1, 2023. Welcome to the show, Harry Wilson. It's Arthur Idala. How are you, sir? Thank you, Arthur. It's great to be with you. Well, Harry, I, uh, I've been following your career. I, I know uh, in 2010, you ran unopposed for the nomination for uh, New York State Controller on the Republican ticket. And you received the endorsement of the New York Times, the New York Post, typically not on the same page, and the Daily News. And I believe, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this was the first time uh, that that happened, that a Republican candidate candidate got all three big newspapers since uh, 1976, uh, that a, a challenger, I should say, got all three uh, endorsements since 1976. Am I correct in uh, my, my research and my history? <laughs> your, your research is impressive. That's exactly right. It's the, um, the only time all three New York City Daily supported a challenger since 1976. That was Daniel Patrick Moynihan, obviously a Democrat, and I I don't think in my lifetime they've ever done it for a Republican challenger. And now you, those- you 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 didn't win, right? You lost to uh, Mr. Uh, DiNapoli, correct? The current uh, controller. Yes. And, yeah, so it was okay. as close as any Republican has come to winning statewide in the last 20 years by a long shot. I lost by four. The second closest lost by 13. So in other words, no one else has come close. And, you know, and that was what I was going to say, in addition to the three New York City daily endorsements, I also had almost every newspaper in the state endorse me. And people said, how do you do that as a conservative Republican? How do you get all these newspapers to support you? And the answer was the same reason what we almost won is we are very different. We're not politicians. You know, I'm, I'm a career business guy who spent 30 years at the highest levels of American business fixing broken companies. And I ran for controller in 2010, and I'm running for governor today for the exact same reason. I used that skill set to fix this state for the 20 million New Yorkers who are suffering under mismanagement from Albany. Uh, and that's a fundamentally different proposal from anybody else running, and that's why people from across uh, different parts of the aisle uh, have supported me in the past, because even though they may not agree with me on everything, they know I will deliver for their families. Well, let's talk a little bit about Harry Wilson, um, the, the individual. Harry, where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in upstate New York, Johnstown, New York. It's about an hour northwest of Albany. My dad was born there to two Greek immigrants who changed their name to Wilson at Ellis Island. And then my mom came there from Greece 11 months before I was born. Um, she didn't speak a word of English, so we only spoke Greek at home. And I didn't learn English until nursery school. Uh, so you're Greek? Yes. Oh, my God. Wilson. I mean, we could have done a little bit better than Wilson. I mean, I'm surrounded with I'm surrounded with Hatsimemos, Kapitanakis, Patalidis. I mean, you know, Wilson. OK, now now I know where the Harry comes from. All three of those names are friends of mine. If it's if it's Eric, Charles it's, and Jim. Um, there you go. So they're all, they're all, those are all those are all three very good friends of mine as well. Um, yeah. And, and you, wound up, you, you went to a couple of decent schools there. There's that one that begins with an H, right? <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was the first of my family to go to college. I went to Harvard and Harvard Business School. Uh, and, you know, I see heavy financial aid, lots of scholarships, worked my way through. You know, my dad was a bartender, so it wasn't exactly enough uh, income to pay for Harvard. But I did everything from clean bathrooms to drive the shuttle bus to anything I, anything I needed to do to pay the bills and, and reduce the burden on my parents were, were amazing. 
Was, and just tell us that, well, that, that that's amazing, and I, I love these stories. Um, you know, I was blessed to, I, you know, my father and mother both were edu- highly educated, and you know, laid the groundwork for me and my sister. Tell me a little bit about um, your business. You know, you said you've been fixing companies. What what does that mean? And let me know when you want to come to my law firm because I'm sure there's a lot of fixing you could do here as well. But go ahead, <laughs> tell us what you do, Harry. <laughs> Sure. So, so I come into companies that are in or near bankruptcy that have not been able to solve their problems, usually victims of mismanagement by senior leadership, uh, and usually about to run out of cash. And I come in to basically fix the company and make it uh, profitable and successful again. And it's, it's really a deep dive in, in everything that the company is doing wrong and focusing on what's the value proposition for the customer to make sure that we deliver real value at a reasonable cost for, for our customers. And that's exactly the approach I would take with New York State, um, is to go in and say, we, you know, we spend over $220 billion a year in our state budget. It is, it is so far out of whack with any other state in the country. We spend far more per capita than even California or Massachusetts. That's how far back we are. And that's why we're the highest tax burden in the country is because we have politicians at Albany that spend like drunken sailors. And so my focus, and by the way, despite that spending, we have bad results. We have third quartile schools. We have public health at the bottom of the barrel. It's a total lose-lose for taxpayers. And I believe in win-win. I believe in kind of delivering higher quality services at a lower cost. And people say to me, how do you do that? Well, 49 other states do it today. And that's exactly the skill set that I've done in the private sector where I say, for the company that I come into fix that's failing, I look at who's the best competitor in the world at, at what we do. And in, in New York, we've got 49 other states to do a better job, so we look to all of them and say, how do we close the gap between what they do so much better than we do as quickly as possible? And we have done it in companies ranging from General Motors to Yahoo to Sotheby's to the biggest trucking company in the country, the biggest nursing home chain in the country, a long list of companies who saved hundreds of thousands of American jobs over the course of my career. Um, we uh, you know, look at the best-in-class competitor, and that's what we need to do in New York. And that process of reorienting with an iron will and, and laser focus around what's best for the customer, which in this case is the taxpayers and voters of New York State, really end, ends, uh, ends up leading to lots of bureaucracy, waste, and mismanagement being stripped away and uh, really investing in things that really matter for people, which is schools, public safety, uh, good job environment, business environment, uh, public health, all the things that we care about in that infrastructure and worry about as New Yorkers that we're actually neglecting because we're doing such a poor job across the board. So, uh, how are you? Are you also worked in in federal government? You worked at the Treasury Department for many years. Is there a lot of crossover in the skill set that, that the skills and, and the experience you have in the Treasury Department and working for the Feds and bringing that into New York State, where you have a tremendous budget that you oversee? Sure. Well, I only came into Treasury for less than six months, and that was on a special project to save the auto industry. And so that was, you know, I was. Oh, uh, really? I, I apologize. Was, See, that research was wrong. So don't give me so many credits. Uh, so much, <laughs> so much credit. Oh, and, oh, so that you were there. You were there when the the poop was hitting the fan, and and you were yeah. involved with uh, Chrysler and Ford and GM. Exactly. And if you remember, and I'm sure you remember, we were on the verge of a second Great Depression. Um, TARP had been passed. The uh, Bush administration made investments in banks and autos. Uh, then the Obama administration was, was uh, inaugurated. And we, in March of 2009, was the bottom of the stock market when, you know, we, you know the stock market had fallen, I don't know, 70% or something like that, and it was a complete disaster. And so I volunteered my services of fixing broken companies to the Treasury Department to help them fix the auto sector. And at that point, as you remember, a lot of people said that General Motors specifically could never be fixed. It had been shrinking for 55 years. They've been flirting with bankruptcy for 20 years. 
Uh, and at that point, he was losing $4 billion a month. And all that was wow. being paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. And I said, no, these can be fixed. Just no one's been willing to make the tough decisions around serving the customer and reorienting the business uh, to, to, to be successful. And so we rejected the plan that management had, which was insufficient. The company would have gone bankrupt again within two years. Uh, and we worked with them to build a new plan that was the foundation for their success. So by the time we were done in August of 2009, five months later, uh, the company was profitable. And it has had record profits ever since. It's had the best 13-year run in the last half century. That's and, fantastic. As, as an American, as an American, thank you. As a car lover, thank you. Um, and I, look, Harry, obviously you have the the experience to to know how to run and fix big things. So why is um, you know we've inter- interviewed Lee Zeldin and Andrew Giuliani and Rob Astorino. Uh, you know why is Lee Zeldin walking around and you know like he is the presumptive uh, winner of the Republican primary? And tell us. Uh, why, you know, that's just not accurate. <laughs> well, uh, sadly, a lot of things that Mr. Zeldin says are not true. Uh, but the only things that matter are what Republican primary voters say on June 28th. And for those folks, I have, you know, kind of a two-part, two, two questions. The first that I think that we all need to answer as Republican primary voters is who has the skill set to be the transformational governor we desperately need? We do not need someone who's just going to manage the decline. We do not need just someone who's just going to say no to the other side. We need someone who actually has the skills talent and the guts to fix the most broken state government in the country. And then secondly, for Republicans specifically, we need someone who can win. And who can win? And Mr. Zeldin has never won crossover support in any of his years running as a career politician. Never done it. Uh, I'm the only person who's run statewide and come close to winning. Again, the second closest was 13-point loss. So I believe I'm best positioned to win in November because I have a proven success of being able to attract bipartisan support statewide, even though I ran the most fiscally conservative platform in my lifetime. And it's because what I had, what happened to me, uh, Arthur, in, in that race is I had a lot of independents and Democrats come up to me and say, listen, I don't necessarily agree with uh, a lot of what you're saying, but I do believe you will make a huge difference for my family and make this state a better place. And I'm willing to, to cross party lines and support you despite our disagreements. And that was, you know, humbling. It was a great vote of confidence. But that's the kind of person we need as Republicans to be able to win so we can appeal more broadly uh, and has the skills to actually succeed. Hi, Harry, you know, I, I'm convinced. By, I, and now I know why our, uh, our mutual friend uh, Frank is uh, such a fan of yours. Uh, thanks for finding the time. I know how busy you guys are. Good luck. You got 20-something days left, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be hitting it hard. Uh, and we'll see uh, what, what, the, what the voters say on June the 28th. Thank you so much, Arthur. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for all time. right, and and take care of that family. And I I know you have four beautiful daughters, and uh, yes. I'm sure they're missing their dad a little bit while you're out on the campaign trail. But I, I know you'll make it up to them. That that's been the hardest part. But we you know we're trying we're all working to try and make the state better. And uh, my family's been incredibly supportive, which I'm really grateful for. Wonderful. All right, folks. That's Harry Wilson on, and that what a fake name that is for a great Greek kid. But all right, I won't hold that part against you. It wasn't it wasn't your choice. Harry Wilson on the author I Dollar Power Hour. On the Hudson River line. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'm in a New York state of mind. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.